touchdown. Did he get it? Yes, sir, he did. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. You're listening to The One Podcast. Welcome into another episode of The One Pridecast. I'm Tori Petri, and today on the podcast, I'm joined by DetroitLions.com's Tim Twentyman and Mike O'Hara. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. Thanks for letting us come in out of the sun. Appreciate it. Yeah, we just came in uh, from the Lions' final open practice before their fourth preseason game. Things are really wrapping up in the preseason. We've finished the bulk of the preseason games. We've got one game left to watch. Uh, a lot of people might say, hey, this is the fourth preseason game. I don't recognize a lot of the names out there, but why is this fourth preseason game important? Well, there's like 20 guys on that, on that of, the, of the 90 players on the roster right now, or maybe more, 25, who think they have a chance either to move up and be a, get a starting job or, or heavy rotation or make the roster, make the final 53 or 10 spots on the practice squad. So does the game mean anything? No, but the performance does. It means an awful lot. And this, this could either start a career or end a career for a lot of people. Well, and it provides the depth of your football team, too. You know, we we talk all the time. It's not a matter of if injuries happen, it's when. And some of these guys are going to be asked to step up and, um, you know, play roles at some point in this year. And, you know, it's not just the 37 guys, you know, fighting for a job uh, for the Lions, too, but it's the over 1,000 from all 32 teams, you know. Um, you know, this isn't just about evaluating Lions and Browns. It's about evaluating, you know, every all 16 games and, um, you know, what guys are going to become available. And, you know, that roster is going to change a lot, you know, when they have to cut down to 53 on Saturday and then get their practice squad to 10 guys by 1 o'clock on Sunday. They're not just evaluating their guys. They're evaluating everyone around the league, and that's why it's kind of a, a hectic few days here for, for the front office and for the coaching staff. Yeah, and when they call it the final roster cut, it's not final. It's the mandatory cut to 53, and then after that, there, there are kids that you know, who maybe a veteran's extended his career by a year, and then there's a veteran who finally made the roster. And the next thing you know, on Monday, the Lions have claimed a, t- a player or two or three, and those three guys who think they made it are no longer on the roster. Maybe a couple are signed back to the practice squad. So it's a really, it's a very, very. I used to call it the National Paranoia League. It's a very, very tough day. And you never know, you know, when, you know, they were signing undrafted, you know, rookie free agents, maybe there was a guy they were really hot on, you know, who went and signed with a better team, got offered more money, whatever. They've kept tabs on him. He's done all right. Didn't fit his team. But you've scouted him. You've evaluated him. You went through the whole pre-draft process with him. You think you have a pretty good idea of who he is and, now he's available and fits you know I think there's some of that sometimes too and so it's just it's a it's a definitely is a crazy weekend not only just for the for the guys you know here but around the league you know there's thousands of guys who are going to lose their job and hopefully a few of them um, you know get picked up it's a really tough weekend to watch I mean Mike you talked about that weekend where there will be guys who make the team we'll talk about it we'll write stories about it we'll talk about that in videos that these guys made the roster this was a surprise pick and then a couple days later they might not be here anymore it is truly the initial 53-man roster and and it's it's a heartbreaking weekend for a lot of guys because even if you are safe on Saturday you might not be a week from then so uh, I think that's important to keep in mind when we talk about the fourth preseason game and who's standing out and who isn't because these guys jobs are on the line well, absolutely, and then when you get to the game itself, it, it's the, the specter of injury is always there, and, and I've seen some really tough injuries on that last game. Some that could have been prevented, really, that could have that maybe mismanagement and playing time, and 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 really affected the Detroit Lions season in a, in a big way. Yeah, there definitely are some guys who are going to have to step up in the face of injuries. Let's talk about what position groups to watch in this game on Thursday. What sticks out to you guys? 
Well, I think, you know, a couple for me, the backup quarterback job, you know, I think you, we all kind of think it's, you know, Tom Savage at this point. But, you know, can Josh Johnson have a good showing? Can he, um, you know, maybe make that competition a little bit closer with a good game in Cleveland? Um, you know, I think the number four and number five receiver spots are still – kind of wide open and you know one thing to watch with that is you know see if anybody makes a play from that group on special teams that's going to play a big factor in that number four and potentially number five wide receiver spots and then the other one for me maybe is cornerback too um you know you kind of know who the top three are um you know, Mani Oriwarie is kind of that fourth guy. I think he's, he's kind of fitting that role. But where does Tease Tabor fit into the mix? Where's Jamal Agnew fit into the mix? And then the guys beyond that, you know, Mike Ford and D-Virgin, some of those guys, can any of those guys, um, you know, make a good impression this final week? And so those are, you know, maybe three that I'm looking at. Mike, is there any? Well, you think depth on the out? offensive line. Yeah. I think a kid from Wisconsin, Bo uh, Benjol, He's a kid that was projected by one uh, guy at ESPN a year ago being a first-round draft pick this year, got un went undrafted and, and really kind of started slow, you know, here. Really really had a great career. I mean, a great career at Wisconsin. He was a starting, I think he started 47 games at right guard and just kind of fit in here. And I think he's come on. He's got a, he's got a chance, not the best chance, but a chance to make it. And aside from that, the thing that really kind of intrigues me is, is the combination of tight end, wide receiver, and running back. I think... Just pick a number. I think maybe the number 19 or, or maybe not that many, maybe 14 or 15 players from that those three groups will make the roster in some fashion or other. Is it four tight ends, five running backs, four receivers, you know, three tight ends, five receivers, whatever that number is. I'm just I'm curious to see how that works out. I have my own thoughts about it, but they're not etched in anything other than sand. Well, I think with Ragnall's injury, that certainly opens up a role like you were talking about for a guy like ben, Bo Benshaw. Then you look at the linebacker spot with Davis's injury. We don't know how long either of those guys are going to be out, but we see a guy like Steve Longa come back to practice this week. Now, is he going to be well enough to play in the fourth preseason game? That's a pretty quick turnaround in my perspective to come back to practice on Monday and then play in a game on Thursday. It could happen. Uh, we'll see, but I think that uh, he's a guy to watch as well. Yeah, you know, I like the depth they, they have at linebacker. Obviously, we've seen what Jelani Tavai can do. You know, obviously, he's a rookie. He's still got a long ways to go. But, you know, he steps in there. He doesn't seem lost. He makes plays. And then two guys that I've been impressed with really throughout camp is Miles Killebrew and Jalen Rees-Maben. I think both guys have oh, yeah. have you know earned themselves some sub-package roles even. Um, obviously, core special teams guys. But the way Jalen Rees-Maben can cover, uh, we saw with the interception, you know, he didn't get it because of a ticky-tack rough in the passer penalty, but um, he runs and plays in space, and that's why he's such a good special teamer, and I think they can find some self-package stuff for them. So, you know, even with J.D.'s injury, I think they're pretty good at linebacker. I think some guys have stepped up, and they got some pretty good depth there. Yeah, and, and the ragdoll injury, it's not just one position. It's two because you got to replace the center, and if it's Graham Glasgow, which we all expect moving from – you know, right guard to the center position he played, you know, the last couple of years. Now you've got to replace the right guard. So sure. it's really a twofold thing. And it's sort of the same thing with, with Jared Davis. Somebody, let's see, Jelani uh, Tavai slides into that spot. Then somebody has to fill what Tavai was doing. So it's not just one for one. I don't think they really have anybody who does exactly what Jared Davis does either. Not at that level athletically anyway. And he's got experience now. It's second year in the system, third year in the league. Well, receiver is a position that came up several times as we've been talking about this. And that fourth spot is really interesting. I thought two guys who were really in the running for that, um, you know, we haven't seen them this week. Tommy Lee Lewis and Andy Jones, those guys have, have been injured. So 
how those injuries impact who ends up making the roster, I think, is something to watch as well. I like, really like the way Andy Jones came on late last year, both on, as, a, as a wide receiver and, and a special teams player. And, you know, as a wide receiver, he blocks. He's a good, strong guy and a good, strong special teams player. But, you know, maybe you want more out of your fourth and fifth wide receiver than that. I th- I'm a little surprised. I thought, they'd, I thought they'd be stronger and deeper than they are at wide receiver behind the first three of, uh, of Jones and, and Almandella and, and Galladay. I think that's I think that's wide open those 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 receiver spots. Yeah, I think Chris Lacey's kind of worked himself into the number four spot. I think a little bit, um, just from what I've seen, um, just the way he's used the reps that come in, he comes in as the fourth guy typically, and um, you know he's made some plays. You know he's made some nice catches on Darius Slay when he's had an opportunity to play with the first team. Um, you know offense when. Uh, when Amendola and when uh, Marvin Jones were out there for a couple weeks. And so, you know, I think he's, you know, I think leading the group. But then behind that, there's a whole group of guys. You know, we'll have to see with Travis Fogelman. He's a draft pick. And we'll see if that kind of, you know, if it's, if everything's even, do you go with the guy you drafted instead of, you know, some undrafted guys and, and some free agent type guys. But I think this is a huge game for the wide receivers. And like I said off the top, too, it's not just catching the football, playing offense. It's can any of those guys make plays on special teams because that could really separate them from the bunch with how you know Matt Patricia views those number four and five spots being key positions on special teams. I think Brandon Powell's in that in that category, too. He, he made the roster last year. And I don't know if he made it in the fourth preseason game, but it certainly didn't hurt anything. And he was on the active roster the whole year. You know, not the game day roster, but he was on the 53 all year. And then kind of you know, showed pretty good late in, in the season. But he doesn't seem to be quite in the mix this year. I think he's going if, if to, he, if he can win the job in game four, then he'll have to do it that way, I think. Well, something Matt Patricia talked about this week in his press conferences was how important special teams is in this fourth preseason game because that is where a lot of guys are going to earn roles is by the way that they contribute on special teams. So sometimes we don't give special teams uh, as much credit when it comes to like coverage and all those things in a regular season game. But in this fourth preseason game, it's even more important because what those guys show on special teams is going to factor a lot into the decisions that are made on Saturday. Well, I can guarantee that Matt Prater will be the kicker, Sam Martin, the punter. <laughs> We're talking coverage, And Mike. Don Muehlbach will hang on <laughs> for a 17th or 28th or 35th year or whatever it is. And Jamal Agnew will probably be your return man. But beyond that, I think covering kicks is a yeah. good point there. You know, this game and the way special teams and the rules have changed – it's much more of a space game now in special teams. You're seeing smaller guys, the receiver types, the linebacker types, uh, the running back types, receivers, those kind of guys that you know can play in space um, and make plays in space. Those are going to be your key special teams guys now. So when you're looking at um, Thursday's game, it's it's you know um, which guys make you know tackles in space, which guy can get down there and down a ball inside the five yard line, have the body control to keep the ball in play. Those are huge momentum plays in games, and that's the kind of things that that Matt Patricia and this coaching staff want to see when it comes to special teams. Who makes who who steps up and makes a play? I remember them working on that a lot down in Houston. They really I saw them make a couple of really good plays. Catch one guy caught the ball inside the three yard line, and I forget who it was downed it. No, look, I miss the old, for just pure human wreckage, I miss the old days of the three-man <laughs> flying wedge. I mean, you could see some god-awful collisions and all that. But I really, from my deep and rich humanity of my fellow man, I'm glad they got rid of it. <laughs> sort of. Fair enough, fair enough. Become a Lions season ticket member today and gain access to the most favorable seating locations at Ford Field. Exclusive member events, discounts on Lions merchandise, and personalized account service. 
Secure your seat today. Call 313-262-2222 or visit DetroitLions.com for more information. A guy that I uh, really feel for is Tease Tabor because he came through the summer, was making a lot of plays. He was standing out. People were writing about him. He was playing with the ones while Darius Slay was out. He starts camp, and then he gets injured for most of camp, and now he's back at practice the final week. We don't know whether he'll play on Thursday, but he's really lost a very valuable chunk of time to be able to prove his worth to this roster. Well, you know, I think – it, it it's the totality of your work, and I think what he did in the spring was good. I think the first week of training camp, he was pretty good. Um, you know, I think he was right there with Rashawn Melvin, I think, entering camp, competing for that spot opposite Darius Slay, and obviously just because your best ability is availability, Rashawn Melvin's kind of, you know, solidified that role. Um, Justin Coleman's going to be inside, and I think Tease Tabor's fighting for kind of a, a backup spot, a role. You know, I think he's experienced. I think he... Um, the one thing going for him is he kind of changed the way he prepares um, for the game. He took football a lot more seriously this offseason. We were starting to see that on the field. So it's too bad we didn't get to see it in game action. We didn't get to see it for the first three preseason games. But I'd actually be a little surprised if he didn't play Torrey just because of you know the evaluation that you want to see with a guy like that, where he fits in, can he hit the ground running, where, what we saw in the, in the spring and, and early in training camp. I think he needs reps, and talking to him, you know, on Tuesday, he wants reps. So we'll, we'll see how that works out. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't think at this stage, going into his third year, that you evaluate him on practice reps. He needs to compete out on the playing field. You know, I, I think his, I think a roster spot is up for grabs, and he's, and he's going to have to do it on the field Thursday night. That's what I think. I think the one thing maybe going in Tease's favor is we talk about, you know, the D-Virgins and uh, Mike Fords and all these other guys. I don't think there's been a guy that stepped up and really taken – the job sure. or taking advantage of T's being down. And I think that plays a factor as well. There has been this guy like, oh, cow, he's got three picks and four passes right. defended in three games. Like, I think he's really competing. There just hasn't been a guy that stood out beyond the top three. And I, you know, it, it, that might play into T's favor because there's a history there, um, you know, because they want him to succeed and because he did make some plays in the spring and, and early in training camp that could help him. Well, there are two guys who, what you just mentioned, making plays who stood out. One is Will Harris, the third round draft pick, and the other one it's Andrew Adams, double A. Is uh, he's he makes plays too, but they play safety. They've done exactly what you want to see a cornerback do to take that job. I'm going to get his name down eventually, but just not today. It's a tough one. We talked about the quarterback position, Tom Savage coming back to practice this week. I think that that is, uh, you know, you mentioned that as the first position to watch, but going forward, what happens there with the Lions releasing David Fales this week and then signing a AAF quarterback in Perez? I mean, Perez is a crazy story to me. He was on the verge of becoming a professional bowler and was not even playing football his senior year of high school and then comes in and walks on to a college team at quarterback, which he had played wide receiver before, and he taught himself quarterback by watching YouTube videos. Yeah, won the Hardland Hill Trophy, the Division II, Division you know, two, best, yeah. best What a player. wild story. Yeah, yeah, good for him. I mean. Another Jake Bell, he won that too yeah. at Penn State. I, you know, he's a big guy, strong yeah. arm, you know, and hey, you, if you can develop on a practice squad, look, being on an NFL practice squad isn't isn't a bad gig. No. You know, it uh -uh. pays well, and, you know, you get to do – develop under the the tutelage of, of you know some of the best teachers in, you know in the world at, at that position and so uh, if he can show something you know Wednesday at or Tuesday at practice Wednesday's walkthrough and just maybe a little bit 
Thursday night, who knows, you can get yourself a pretty good gig and an opportunity. And the thing is that you get signed for next year and you get a chance to hit the ground hit the ground running. And, you know, if he's a really good bowler, you got to see, get it, hook up with C.J. <laughs> Anderson because C.J.'s a really good bowler too. He really <laughs> yes. is. Just ask him. I like ask that. Ask him how good he is. <laughs> All right, looking forward to week one, let's just talk about some of the, the things that we might be looking ahead to. I think that uh, the defensive line is something that we've been waiting and waiting for them to get healthy, but now you're starting to see all of the pieces come together. Uh, really, you're just missing Deshaun Hand um, as one of your, your big pieces along the defensive line, waiting for him to get healthy. So I think that uh, that's been a really good sign here at the end of the preseason. No, I think it's the strength of the defense is the front three, four, five, or whatever they want to call it, however they line up. But it really is it's got depth and it's got talent, it's got strength and it's got production. There are guys that won't be on the field to start a game that could be on the field to start for probably every other team in the mm-hmm. NFL. I mean, they're that deep. And then I'd say the other spot is safety. I think they're really deep I in safety. That, yeah. I think they're going to run a lot of three safety sets, some dime looks. I think they're going to use a lot of those guys. I think they've got a wide range of skill sets among that unit. Um, you know, some ball hawks, some guys with length and speed. You, you mentioned Adams and the interceptions and, and his ability to get hands on balls this training camp. And so, um, you know, I think defensive line-wise on the front end of the defense and the back end of the defense, I think they're really strong. And we've got to see kind of where, where it falls in at cornerback with that depth there and, you know, how they fill the void of J.D. if he's out for um, any amount of time. All right, guys. Well, enjoy the fourth preseason game. We'll be – back at the regular season on monday which is just crazy to think about uh 2019 nfl season is just days away from kicking off so looking forward to it time's ticking away man i I love it i really i can't wait for the season to start yeah it'll be fun and we'll have all the coverage on detroitlions.com this weekend as far as what happens uh with roster cuts thanks guys so much for listening to the one pridecast